Welcome to the Pitching Command Show, brought to you by Command Tracker, the smart target that MLB and D1 teams rely upon to measure and train command. Many throw hard, but few command. Visit commandtracker.com. Hey, joining today's podcast is my friend Sean McGrath, the Iowa pitching coach. Welcome, Sean. I'm thrilled to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm excited to be on. Hey, uh, you have had a great career in baseball so far. I mean, you graduated Lafayette College in 2012, and you spent the summer competing in independent ball before you became the youngest Division I pitching coach uh, the next year at Iona College. That's not too far from me here. Yeah, you spent the next seven years in D1 baseball before making the move to pro ball, working three years with the Mariners organization. After spending the 22 season with Double A, you then took the pitching coach opportunity at University of Iowa, and you're now in your second season. In your eight years of college ball, you developed six pitchers who have been drafted in the top eight rounds, including MLB All-Star George Kirby, who is a definition of a command artist. I mean, that's a great track record. I I appreciate that. And, and you know, I, I say it all the time, but, you know, good pitchers make good coaches. And, you know, you, you mentioned George Kirby. I'm glad we're on the show talking command because um, that guy's the essence of it. So, yeah, well, they have to be trained for it, too, because some guys will just train to throw harder. And they don't spend time on command. And so it's a, a a credit to you as a coach to having him work on that too. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's, you know, a piece of the pie and, and definitely a big one. Everyone talks about max velocity all the time. And I think it's good to have a, a high velocity. But on this show, we focus on other things you need to succeed as a pitcher, such as control, command, sequencing, movement mental training, and character. I see a lot of people online who mistake command and control all the time. Uh, to me, control is the ability to throw strikes. Command, I think, is the ability to throw the ball where you choose, in or out of the strike zone. How do you describe command, and how do you describe control? That, I think that's a great question. I For us here, we have tons of systems, right? We have 24 student managers. We have an analytics department that is as big as, you know, most analytics departments in, in professional baseball. Yeah, you guys have a great setup there. Yeah, and, and thanks to guys like Desi and, and carried out by, you know, Robin Lund, and, and now I'm here. Um, and so we, when we talk about control versus command, I think it's it's really important that we define those, right? And Control is really your ability to be competitive within within the box, right? Within the strike zone, where command is being able to throw it where you want it, right? Like you mentioned, um, you know, when we were talking earlier, it's this idea, right? We talk a lot about pitching with an insurance policy, right? And targeting a specific piece of the strike zone, knowing that the average miss is you know 10 to 12 inches on just a fastball right mm -hmm. and so we pitch really strategically within the strike zone understanding that we have an insurance policy to miss and still end up in a good part of the strike zone however what command allows you to do is pitch more optimally and so we have what you call gold waves or strategic locations 
which we utilize specific to counts, right? And so what we do is we target very strategically, right? And this gold wave we have has brighter spots. And so guys with command and not just control, they can target more optimally, right? Pitch to the brighter yellow, uh, brighter gold. Conversely, our guys who only have an element of control, they have to pitch a little bit more strategically and pitch with an insurance policy. Yeah. Like, what would it be an example of that? Yeah. So for us, right, one example of that would be targeting in an OO count, right? With a, let's say a right-hander with a riding profile and um, his most optimal spot would be down and away, right? right? For the guy with command, we could target down and away, right? Mm -hmm. For the guy with control, we have to target in a way that, okay, he might miss left eight inches, up eight inches, right? He can miss in any cardinal direction. So you got to be way away to ensure that you're not in the danger zone, right? Correct. Or conversely, set up in the donut hole danger zone, knowing that he can't hit it. Mm -hmm. right the odds of him actually hitting the donut hole danger zone is really small so we pitch the insurance policy we set up middle understanding mm -hmm. that he's not going to throw it middle right and that's where control kind of becomes an advantage at times although we're training everybody to have command Does yeah if yeah effectively wild if you aim for the middle you kind of chances of going to the the black is, is, bingo. is better yeah bingo you know, but if you aim for the black first when you have only control, well, now you cut your odds in half because it could go in towards the zone and it could go off, you know. Exactly. And and that's that's where we make our, our money, right, is for we understand we bucket guys. Here are our command based guys and here are our stuff based guys. And knowing that, you know, we pitch either with an insurance policy or we pitch more optimally. And we know, Wayne, you and I know that the guys that could pitch more optimally to really great locations, as opposed to just having to get to good ones, those guys are the ones that 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 succeed the best, right? Yeah, well, they get more efficient with their pitch counts. They uh, can do a lot more things. Hey, I, I, I saw your post yesterday, and it was a quote from Rick Heller about players not getting opportunities in leverage roles. What, what are your thoughts on that? I, can't, I think it's kind of like what you were just talking about, right? Yeah. So we had two guys in particular last year who had really high level stuff, really, really tremendous stuff. But the control and command hadn't come, you know, hadn't been risen to the level where we could trust them and leverage situations late in games. And mm -hmm. so we we knew we had to throw these horses and yet we couldn't throw them in the back at, back end of ball games. And so we said, okay, we're going to start them, right? We're going to really, really control and isolate, you know, their routines, um, you know, their work weeks, all of that sort of stuff so that we could develop command and control, you know, both of those things basically on the job. Our easiest way, our most effective way of doing that was to do it you know, early in games where, you know, if, if it didn't go so well, we could get them out of there. Right. But then they could learn and they, they could learn on the job, right. Learn how yeah. to pitch. And, and that's the best way to do it. Right. Is in game versus hit. Yeah. 
Yeah, because it amps up your adrenaline. You, you know, you have to get your focus right. You know, because I think uh, command, a lot of command is a uh, is mental focus. You know, things like that. So, yeah. How well can you dominate the 15 seconds between pitches? Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. How can you get the true commitment of a pitch? That's that's yeah. the mental game, right? Yeah. You know, in baseball, there's a lot of slang. And I talk about this on every show is that when I say command, someone else might say locating or executing or quality strikes. And I like to remind people that those are all words for command. Uh, to compound that, uh, there's no easy way to quantify command in the game. I mean, in training, you can with the command tracker that we made. Uh, but that wasn't out around till recently. Uh, how have you quantified command? Really, can you really do it without a target like I made? I think it can be done in in, in ways um, if you do not have the command tracker. Utilizing, you know, a nine pocket, um, talking about your ability to hit count specific strategic locations. However, mm -hmm. I think in conjunction with the command tracker, um, you can reach an appropriate level of practice. Um, and execute it in a way that is visual, right? And so I think you provide a visual stimulation that other tracker, you know, command type tools do not. And so what I love about your, your command tracker um, is that you can pick a specific uh, location and then you can also pick the area around it where you can miss strategically and still be okay. That really aligns with our pitching strategies. Yeah, the good misses, you good yeah. miss locations. The other right. big thing was, uh, I wrote an article called the Universal Strike Zone, and from that I determined from Army data uh, what was the typical six foot two batter. So the command tracker is actually set up so it's the exact height width everything of a six foot two batter, and my thought was that if you train to that zone then when you play in a game, you're just repeating what you trained. It's You're already used to throwing to that zone. Because a lot of other targets, I saw they were wider or lower. And so guys were, get, were training to throw to a target that they're not going to have in a game unless they want to walk a lot of people. <laughs> Without know? a doubt, right? And you can definitely be precise with bad strategy, right? And and consistently be you know a ball or two off and get into bad counts. Um, and you talk about quantifying command, right? And those guys that are known as command guys, right? They throw with precision, but they also advance the count at an extremely high rate, right? The guys with the best command find themselves in two strike counts a lot, and they right. avoid three ball counts like the plague, right? Yeah. yeah, you'll notice that. Command guys, it's very low walks. And then even if they do make a mistake and give up a home run. Like, for example, I think a lot of home runs are thrown, not really hit, they're thrown. Sure. So uh, if you haven't walked anybody, if there's no one on base, you give up one run, no, what's the big deal? One run. Absolutely. But if you walk two guys and gave a home run, well. Yeah, that's that's a lot different, right? Crooked numbers. Yeah. And um, we talk a lot about that here, Wayne. We We talk about the essence of dominating the zone. Right, which is really our focus as a pitching staff is controlling two stats, K to walk rate, right, and then 
damage suppression, right? Yeah, the exactly. way to do that is to, you know, one, advance the count better than everybody else, but two, practice, right? We have, I mean, your command tracker allows for the gamification of a bullpen session. You're, mm -hmm. you know, what we try to do all the time is find a level of practice, right? Where I am setting the environment and what I'm doing is I'm providing the appropriate level of challenge, right? It's the player's job, the pitcher's job to be really deliberate about that practice. Your command tracker allows for that, right? Mm -hmm. And we talked about it, you know, your command tracker allows for this gamification where now we can define our, for us, our strategic locations, right? Our count specific strategic, strategic locations, right? And have it right there on our iPad after we throw a pitch, right? Yeah. Here for optimal, here's where our good misses, right? Yeah, and then you have that, it amps them up. You get the competition, which is the other part I think is important for command is like you have to, uh, we talked about earlier, you have to kind of be able to handle that competition, the adrenaline, and still focus and command, you know? Without a doubt, right? So there's an essence, um, there's a focus, right, on the mental game. Can we get to the bottom of our funnel to get to commitment? Um, you know, me versus another play, you know, pitcher. Um, that's a way to, you know, coach the environment right through one command tracker, right? You know, uh, since you were the Mariners for a while too, what do you what do you think about this? I think with everyone throwing hard, it seems to me that what separates guys nowadays is command. Like, because there are a lot of guys throwing, you know, hard. So did you find the same kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I, I would say yes and no, right? It, the, there's more to it now with the technologies we have. We can coach break. Yeah, um, movement. Yeah, yeah that way yeah, more than yeah. we ever have. Um, you know, we're, we can do it really efficiently. I have seen, I see you've got some marked balls back there behind you. Um, I, I'm wondering if you're coaching break too. <laughs> No, no. What I did was, uh, you know, in my first book, I talked about, I called it seams imbalance break. Yep. All right. It's uh, later on, it got called seam shifted wake or something, but yep. uh, my book was out two years before that. Uh, a major sure. league team. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, a major league team wanted to mark up balls for throwing. So I needed balls to test my target. And I said, well, you know, I don't need money, but send me a couple buckets of balls. So I made these jigs that you put the baseball in, and then you take a marker and you mark up the balls to make the right patterns yeah. for how to throw, like a sweeper, uh, you know, all, all sorts of pitches. And so I got five, I got what, 10 cases of major, five of major league balls and five minor league balls there. I can't get myself to use them in a pitching machine because they're so pretty. Absolutely. And they cost so much money, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I got buckets of, you know, banged up balls that I use for testing. And it's like, I can't get myself to use them. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. What part is control and command played in the development of your pitchers? Because I, I've seen your pitchers have a lot of success with uh, command. Uh, how have you emphasized that with your players? 
Uh, it like we talked about, it's it's about dominating the zone, right? We we want to strike a lot of dudes out, and we want to limit the walk rate. And so we we talk constantly about shape to location, right? And yeah. we design each and every practice day to get our pitchers to be as deliberate as possible on the shape that's coming out at our hand and the location that they are throwing to. And mm -hmm. so, you know, I think about practice structure or design like Candy Crush, right? And, and Candy Crush does a wonderful job like skill acquisition in mm -hmm. providing challenge, but not so much that you quit or you back off, right? And so mm -hmm. it kind of ropes you in, right? And as the skills developing, increases the challenge level yeah. right and finally when the skill is sticky stable and acquired right once you've passed the, the level right they introduce a new candy or for us a new skill and so we design practice that way and so for some guys um you know we're meeting them where they're at and it's hey we yeah, you may start with control you know, basic control and then Bingo. you have a command you might have like with our command tracker you could pick like four squares or five squares and the next one it goes smaller to like one square yeah yeah bingo that is that's the essence of it and, and beyond that we can do that in our throwing program we could do that if our guys are throwing plyo balls right and we we do this as much as possible because for us it's not about just the shape or it's not about just the location we want to be complete pitchers throw quality pitches it's about shape to location yeah, Every and a throw. lot of guys talk about uh, in catch play, making sure you throw between the chest and the belt, and and the width of the body because that is essentially the strike zone. Sure. So if in catch play you're always throwing that, it's also in kind of ingraining control that way, you know. Yeah, and, and now if you get really specific and say, hey, right shoulder, or hey, left hip on the slider, or ride to to your you know, the top of your hat, um, now it's, now it's command, right? Yeah. And that's yeah, and I think, every day. And the other thing we used to work on a lot was trying to, uh, uh, funnel pitches, like say your, your curveball and your four seam, uh, rise ball, like two pitches together to try to get them to come out of the same release point as long as possible to get that, uh, deceptive effect. How do, how do you practice that kind of thing? Um, for us, that that's a hard one for me. Um, you need a command pitch. tracker. <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah, it, that's a yeah. I don't have command tracker. Yeah, uh, but the other piece is you know, tunneling. Does it exist? Does it not exist? To which level does it exist? We know it. it you know, you talk to a hitter, it certainly exists, but it's really it hard it, to quantify. And well, yeah, it's it's something that they got to get the release point. And they got to get the end locations right so that they they fit together. Bingo. And the only way you can do that is to identify the the landing points for each pitch. Yeah. So that you measure that they meet, meet those points, and then you have to get the release point the same, so that it's it's a funnel to the batter. You know. Sure. Yeah. And, you remember? And, and... You remember uh, pitch grader? Oh yeah. That was one of the great things about pitch grader was that you can look from a batter's point of view, actually in the batter's box to see how the pitches funnel together, you know? Oh, I, I remember it. I, I somehow got my hands on a demo of pitch grader. 
Um, someone walked me through it. I remembered I'm changing it to like a, I said, let me see it from the lefties box. And he did. And that is when I first started, um, you know, diving in on tunneling. I think this was 2018, um, maybe 2017. Well, it was pro probably me that gave you the demo because I used yeah. to show that to people in the demo about how you apply uh, the shape changes you would make to a pitch to make them pair together, but also the locations of things so that like to a lefty, it might, it might funnel well, but to a righty, it doesn't funnel no, well. You know? Yeah. And, and I find it all interesting. I just, um, you know, for us, we preach so much that um, each pitch has a life of its own. Each count is its own, you know, moment in time. And so I, I have a hard time, you know, if we're, we're talking about what we need to get better at, I have a really hard time getting my guys to think about funneling or tunneling because I need them in the moment, this pitch um, and get to, you know, if it goes from 01 to 02, what is our new count specific strategic location? Well, so I've been, really I've been talking recently about a concept that I, I like to call uh, pitching gambits because uh, like boxers have combinations and uh, martial arts have patterns. Uh, Football has plays, and I always thought that pitchers ought to have gambits. And what I mean by that is like two or three pitches, the combinations that the locations and the pitch types that when used together get this kind of effect of funneling or setting up a batter. Sure. And and if they keep that in their tool chest and they're on the mound, they know, okay, if he missed my slide. I wanted to throw a slider away, but I missed in. Now I got to readjust my next two pitches that are off of that. Yep. You know, the idea of getting the pitchers to think about um, a little bit ahead, not too far ahead, but to strategize what's going to be coming. Well, yeah. So in college, we call pitches, right? But in bullpens, we throw nearly all of our pitches tied to a count, right? Or tied to a simulated batter. And so mm -hmm. we actually, we probably do that. I like the, the yeah. word, of it. Um, but you know, our guys, you know, we talk, we talk about having knockout blows, you know, and our guys know like, Hey, if I want to knock out this righty, you know, Oh, one, I'm throwing this. Oh, two, I'm throwing this. Right. And they know their, yeah. their locations they need to get to. Um, and, and again, we, we likely do that. Right. And, and as we randomize our bullpens, um, to make them more game-like. Um, our guys go through a bit of that. Like, hey, we're going to throw the sweeper See, followed that, by right-on-right right change, you know? Right. I think um, that's great because it teaches them to throw the different pitches, uh, not just throwing five fastballs in a row, sure. but also when it's a game and you call that second pitch, the pitcher is thinking in his head, I think this should be the next pitch. And then when you call it, he now thinks, ah, that's the right pitch. He throws it with conviction. He's going to yep. throw it better. Bingo, right? It all comes down to commitment, you know, and, and how can you manage those time, that time between pitches um, and really go from, man, you know, focused on the next pitch, learning real quickly about it to controlling your breath and committing to this next plan. That's a great way to, you know, amplify conviction and commitment right is to have already done it to have already right. tasted success with that combo or, or that 
like uh, Ricky Meinhold uh, was just saying the other day, uh, he teaches his pitchers the same kind of thing that you described. And during a game, after pitcher throws the ball, before he's even got back to the mound, his pitch comm is going off the, for the next pitch. And so their pitchers have a lot of confidence in what they're going to throw because not only does the pitching coach know right away, but they know why. They're expecting, oh, yeah, slider away now. And when it comes up, slider away, they okay, I got this. You know. Yep. Yep. Again, any, any way you can amplify commitment um, and, and get them 1% further committed to this pitch, you know, we're, we're all better off. For sure. Yeah, and I think that that's a, a big part of command is that mental commitment, focus, you know, belief, visualization, intention, you know. right? Um, yeah. How many times you know you talk about we really value the OO strike, um, and so we're willing to even pitch to what you know you, you said were some more dangerous parts of the strike zone in OO counts. Um, because we know 94, 95% of the time we're going to get the ball back 01 or with an out. But with that being said, your intentions match your performance all the time. If you're competing with what you have that day and you throw an 00 strike, right? You're not looking back at the scoreboard. But the amount of times I've seen guys go, you know, we're going to throw this first pitch strike. They throw it, it's a ball, and the first thing they're doing is looking behind to check the, the radar gun. <laughs> Your intentions were half to throw a strike and half to throw it really hard, right? Yeah. And those don't always align, right? Yeah, you've you seen those uh, Velomaniac jokes I wrote? Yeah, those and are pretty One good. of the jokes is that if you are if you look back to the seat to see how fast the ball was thrown before you see if it throws for a strike, you may be a velomaniac. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you the truth, Wayne. I the hardest ball I ever threw um, in, in college was 93, and we were at um, Cal State Bakersfield, and I right. gave up a solo homer, but I velo checked. And after a game, I, I I obviously tried to reflect on that, and obviously I was pumped up. I I threw 93. Um, but then I said, my, my intentions are so screwed up right now, right? Yeah. I just gave up a solo Homer and I'm kind of jacked up about it, you know? And that's when I realized I was in the wrong place, you know, mentally. So, yeah. yeah. I, it, I, it's kind of like, I think pitchers when they're training, I see it online all the time too, is they, I think, lose sight of really what the goal is. The ultimate goal is to win the game win the at-bat, win the pitch. I don't care how you did it. The pitcher is supposed to get out. So if you had the highest velo, like you said, and you gave up all home runs, like, oh, okay. You know, we yep. still got a lot of work to do here. <laughs> you sure know? Thing. And, and, you know, velocity definitely has a place in our game. Um, and it's a big place, right? Velocity stuff. You know, the breaks of your pitches, the release points they're coming from. Um, but the quality pitch also has this element of location, right? So, you know, for me, it's stuff plus location equals quality, right? Yeah, and, and, and movement, too, because, yeah, I think in movement, too, because, like, if you you have high velo without movement, it's no good either. Yep. You know, so I, I, it's like we talked before the show, it's like, 
all those different things are needed. Like when I talk about command, I never am saying we don't need VLO. I'm saying you need VLO, you need command, you need movement, you need mental toughness, there's uh, character, there's all sorts of things. Like character is another good one. Like at DBU, uh, I'm, I'm biased, I love them there. Uh, they recruit on talent, but another big one for them is character. If you've got great t talent, but poor character, you're never going there. And yeah. I think Iowa does a similar thing. Uh, how does character play in your development and, and your choice of players that you would want to have at Iowa? Uh, plays a huge role. I, I think the, the character, especially in the recruiting process, is how we essentially weed out between maybe otherwise two really similar players. Um, yeah. The one with character is, is always going to be um, the one we go after, right? Because we believe in two things, truly, at the essence of this program, at the ground floor. It's about people, right? So, you know, talking character, culture, right? And it's about process, right? Our process for doing things, our process about our day-to-day, -day, our process for winning, you know, pitches, at-bats, games, right? Um, you know, People in process is everything to us here. And Coach Heller has done a wonderful job of that for an awesome. 37 years now. He's he's won over a thousand games. And and that's why, you know, before people were defining these things, Coach Heller was was preaching people in process, um, you know, at Upper Iowa 37, you know, years ago. Well, he, he's a legendary coach and, and he's very good at picking coaches and Getting, it's like uh, Dan Hefner at EDBU. It's the same kind of thing. They set the culture and they pick the people who are going to be on their teams that are like-minded, and it yeah. kind of carries through, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I think any really good organization, pro, pro ball does the same thing. I, I think it's, again, you know, culture and strategy, that intersection equals a lot of wins, right? Um, and character plays a huge role in that. So, like, say a high school guy is training. He's he wants to get he wants to go to Iowa. What kind of things should he be doing that would, if you looked at him, say, oh, that's the kind of guy we want to have on our team? Like, what would you be looking for? Um, shoot, said most plainly, right? There there is a floor for velocity and stuff. Um, yeah. But the pitchers I recruit have three things. One, do they have present stuff, right? Velocity, command, stuff being all-encompassing here. Yeah. Um, do Can I project a little bit either through the delivery or lean body mass, um, a, a change in um, comp, body comp? Like, can I project more stuff, location, quality from them? And then finally, is he a winner? And that's the character piece. Right. Is he a, is he a dog? Is he gonna, you know, compete with everything he's got? Um, you know, be really good with the mental game, be really good with his teammates. Um, those are the three, three things I care about. Yeah. At, at DBU, they had a saying that I, I really like, of course, the one is 1% better every day, but the other one was winners find a way. Yep. Without you're on the mound, you're on the mound. Things aren't going right. Whatever you've got to dig down. I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And sometimes, throwing harder isn't the right answer. 
sometimes the right movement, the right command, the right pitch, you know. Yeah. They all play a role, right? As we develop um, guys to be the best versions of themselves, each one of those things, right? We might need to go and level up, right? I, I, um, I like that. I like how you pointed out because another episode of describing a video game that if these kids play it, they don't just level up the armor full blast and leave the weapons down low. Yep. There's all these levers. You got to you got to bring them all up. Command, velocity, movement, character, yep. you know, mental training, you know. Yeah, it, they all play a role. They play a role towards making a guy the best version of themselves. Yeah. 100%. I remember uh, Wes Johnson was at DBU uh, when he recruited my son. And I was sitting in a, at DBU. And the first thing he said to me, well, what we do here at DBU, he says, uh, we're going to put in a bigger engine. You know, it's like Sean was kind of, you know, yep. not really built really tough or anything. He was a young kid. And he was describing, he saw the ability, like you said, like the looseness. And he said, what we're going to do is build a bigger engine, meaning that in this frame, we're going to build him up in the weight room and everything else in training. And I guess that is kind of leaning towards what you said about projecting a guy. So you can see some athleticism. And if he has the right character and work ethic, Will he do the things necessary for us to build a bigger engine, right? Without a doubt. Mm -hmm. without, without question. I, I I think you know, Wes said it really wonderfully. You know, like we're we're for Sean, it was really necessary that he built a bigger engine, right? Um, you know, Sean probably had a level of command or, or control that Wes really liked, was loose, athletic, all of these things that you know when he was 20 years old coming from Suffolk, you know, he, he ex exhibited those things, right. He needed the bigger engine so that, you know, he could use those tools he's already had um, even better, right. Even more optimally. I, I remember before we went to DPU, Wes Johnson flew out here for a half an afternoon just to see Sean throw a bullpen. And when he was in the bullpen, he was working, he was still developing a changeup. So he throws the ball. He, he keeps missing low with the changeup. So Wes just said to him, where are you aiming for? He said, I'm aiming for the admit. He says, aim for his uh, help, aim for his mask. So he did that, and all of a sudden, boom, right in the glove. And I and he said, okay, and then he left. I think that was the moment when he said, okay, I got something to work with here. I told the sure. kid to make an adjustment. He made it. So I would think you would look for that kind of uh, co being coachable as well, right? Absolutely. goes into the character piece, right? Um, you know, work ethic goes in there. How you treat others goes in there. But being coachable yeah. de definitely is in that same bucket, right? And, and um, you know, Wes did a wonderful job of getting Sean to be external there and, um, you know, utilizing his eyes between pitches to make the adjustment. Um but, you know, if Sean goes and, and doesn't make that adjustment, where, where's where's his career? Does the trajectory of his career change? Does he end up at DBU? Um, that's a wonderful example of how, you know, we utilize all these tools um, to decide who's the right fit for us. Yeah. Well, I think because Sean, we trained uh, in the back here, always with a target. Every, every, every throw was some kind of target so that, 
he was used to having that external focus. So when the cue came to him or the goal came to him to adjust his target externally, he was already kind of used to doing that. He could make the adjustment real quick, you know? Wonderful. Absolutely. Now comes the hard part. At the end of the show, I always show you a list. And I'm going to put it on the screen so you can see it and the others can see it of uh, nine things that I think are really important for a pitcher to have. And if you would, please, I'd like to know what your top four are. Okay, now I'm going to read them off now All right. uh, so people are listening. Uh, on the list are uh, character, control, command, changing speeds, movement, max velocity, sequencing, reading batters, mental toughness, and know who you are. Okay. All right. I'm going to go first, and, and I'll try to do this in order, but I'm going to start with command, right? Mm -hmm. um, command of your arsenal. The idea that like, like I talked about, we talk a lot about count specific strategic locations, and that's really specific to the individual pitcher and their mm -hmm. arsenal. Um, and so command of your arsenal is really important, probably the most important Um you know, because we know Brody Breck's not going to be 99 to 101 every day. Um, yeah. You know, he's going to have to command it at, at 97, 98 as well. So well, also, I think, yeah, I think command goes towards your other pitches too. Absolutely. You, know, you have to command your slider, your curveball, your changeup. Yep. yep, strategically inside and outside of the strike zone, for sure. Yeah. Um, the second piece now is, you know, with us understanding – just how important breaks are on pitches. And we focus a ton on pitch design, right? We talked about shape to location. We have tons of marked up balls and, um, you know, we're trying to facilitate both break, you know, shape and location. Um, I would say movement is second. <clears throat> yeah. Third, I'm, I'm going to cheat here a little bit, Wayne, but I'm going to say character. But within that, I'm going to lump in like, mental skills right i think those that that have character um also yeah. do a really good job with like the mental skills between pitches um they train and, and focus on the right thing at the right time mm -hmm. um and then finally i wish you didn't have the word max in there because i would go velocity um but we'll go changing speeds right mm -hmm. we understand um you know throwing the same 92 mile an hour bolt over and over again might not be the best thing for us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. changing speeds. But again, I, I think you listed these qualities because, you know, we understand that all nine of them are really necessary to make a yeah. really complete pitcher the best version of themselves. Yeah. If you had a pitcher that all those, he would be like an all-star, you know? Yeah. yeah you sure. know, and that pitchers, I think if they were developing, if they, focused a little bit on each of them and got a little bit better on each one they're raising their level you know further overall you know absolutely and, and we do something here um where you know i talk about myself being the pick the pick crew chief right and and everyone on our staff from our trainer to our strength coach to our analyst coach heller um we are all kind of in this pick crew together and so we sit and essentially deliberate on each and every pitcher. And then from there, we 
take manage that information and we create what we call a player plan or a BVY, a best version of yourself player plan that mm -hmm. is presented to a player. And then we check in on those things every three to four weeks. Right. See, and that's great. Cause I'm a real big believer in uh, know who you are. Like for example, uh, before every game, I text my son the same thing. Good luck, be you, and command and mix. And the be you part to me is uh, you don't throw 99. That's not your game. Yep. Just be you. I, they have you on that team because of who you are, so just be you. And like you said, be the best version of you. Bingo. Right? Because as a pitching coach, I'm sure you – have different pictures for different roles and you want them to be different. You know, you want them to be very good at what they're different, right? Yep. Yep. We, we want, again, you, you said it, we have a bunch of, we almost think of like trying to create this peacock of, of arm actions yeah. and, and arm slots. Um, Absolutely. From there, right. We, we don't even talk all that much about roles. We just talk about standards. Right. We, we have a standard for the way we do things at Iowa and the way our pitching staff is going to do things. And that could be, you know, from our habits to things like objectively, what do we care about? You know, strike one, winning one, one counts, leveraging counts, K to walk, suppressing damage, the ability to throw quality pitches, um, limit non-competitive misses. Right. We just have a standard. Um, and we just have to meet them to the best of our abilities. Myself, you know, Brody Breck, Marcus Morgan, Kate Obermuller, they're all going to come about a quality pitch and a quality performance in a little bit different way. Can we accentuate their strengths, yeah. raise their weaknesses, and be the best version of them? Yeah, I think that's so important. Uh, I, I made it kind of a joke when Dan Duquette was on. Uh, but I was trying to make a point was that uh, too often, I think pitchers and batters are kind of pigeonholed into types to throw a certain way. And I said, well, if they do that, they will never, if they have Dan Duquette hit a certain way, uh, they'll never know if Dan Duquette's style of hitting could have been the best ever. Sure. So like uh, in pitchers, I really believe that is that, there's some certain basics, but you have to let the guy be him. Right? Without a doubt. I, I think you hit the nail on the head when it comes to the delivery, right? And for us, we talk about it this way. The function of the delivery is to support intended ball flight. Meaning, yeah. you know, we only look at the delivery. We don't care about the aesthetic of it, right? We care about the function of it. Is it helping yeah. us throw harder, throw better shapes, or command the ball better? And that right. is, that's how we approach the delivery here. We're not super concerned with the form of it, the aesthetic of it, right? We, we change, you know, landing patterns to support different ball flights. We, we do things in a unique way um, that others absolutely already do. But again, we think if we're going to make this delivery change, how is it going to impact ball flight, right? Velocity, command break the goal the goal the goal yeah too many times we have guys i watch it you know you alluded to it with you know location training but i see a ton of delivery videos um and they almost talk about it as like 
this is how it has to look like. Everyone must hinge. Everyone, you know, must be full-footed, all of this stuff. Um, you know, I really just think about like, you know, the essence of the delivery as like producing what we need to produce to achieve the goal. Right. I was, I was talking with a major league pitching coach the other day, a good friend of mine. And he sent me some uh, plots of data of three pitchers throwing. And you could see the force plots where their foot land, where their arm went and all that. And he was telling me, which one do you think throws harder? And so just looking at those curves, I had to figure it out. Now I looked at it and I kind of cheated, you know, and I figured out who was throwing harder, but he was trying to make a point that the guys, if you went by certain norms that people would pick from, you would have picked the wrong guy. Yep. Meaning that he was saying that guys develop power differently. Some guys aren't, aren't getting their power from hip, hip to shoulder separation. And so when I said I cheated, I kind of figured he was going to have me look at the hip shoulder separation. Yeah. I would pick the one with more as throwing harder, you know? Sure. But the point being is that uh, uh, guys move differently. Uh, they have different levels of having their success. So sometimes also a guy could throw 95 and the ball is as straight as a snagged fishing line and it gets cranked. But if he's through it slower, now he's got movement on it. Yep. Now it's an effective pitch. So sometimes throwing harder isn't the right answer. You know, that sure. too. You sure. Know? It all matters, right? It's all baked into this quality of pitch. All right. Um, it goes back to what you were saying before. It's like, uh, what's our goal here? We want to get that batter out. We don't want to have a the highest velo. We want the batter out. If if high, if highest velo gets the batter out, great, let's do it, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, you know, I think your command tr tracker offers that, right? Like you could within your command tracker, you could focus on velocity if a guy needs Good. it. You could um, do that. You could focus on pitching with an insurance policy, or you can you know tighten the screws and make them pitch a little bit more optimally right? While going for velocity, it, it can all be tied together. And your tracker does a wonderful job of oh, allowing you to have this adjustability while keeping shape to location in mind. Yeah. And I think another big thing it does is it brings accountability to bullpens where guys are not throwing and going through the motions. It's like, you're actually getting a score. You're actually measuring. Did you improve? Did you not improve? And that increases their focus, which is something they have. They have that kind of there's something on the line when they're pitching in the game. When they're pitching in the bullpen, usually there's nothing on the line. Yep. But when they have to have a score associated with their with their bullpen, now there's something on the line. It could be as simple as bragging rights. You know, five pitches went in. I got I beat you today or something. You know, but there's something on the line. Yeah. Uh, and that goes back to what we talked about before with intent and focus, you know. Absolutely. And, and having an incentive structure is really important. I oftentimes don't go to the negative. Like if we don't get this done, we run or something like that. That never yeah. really jived with me. Well, well um, I, I did. I did put in. You can turn it off if you want. If you hit the spot that you intended to in command tracker, it, it makes a, a cash register 
sort of sound. It goes cha-ching. Love that. Love that. Uh, but now if you miss, you could turn this off if you want. It goes da-da-da. <laughs> the associations that are made, right, like are really, really powerful. I, I, I always say like the more senses we get hit on, right, like a dog. You know, a dog has certain things it'll respond to. And it will keep doing good things, you know. Every time it hears the whistle, it knows to roll over. Yeah, it's re it's reinforcing a good result. Yeah. And if you play and that through Bluetooth, a Bluetooth speaker, the guy's throwing and he's hearing whether he did well or not. Yeah, you know? I, I love it. The more senses we could get involved, the better, for sure. And then uh, uh, I had a uh, a Latin lady do the voices for uh, all the boxes so if you hit number nine she says nine it, sure. it used to be my voice and then when sean tried to target he, he he tried it at a certain place he's like wait a minute that's my old man because <laughs> i i awesome. put my voice for testing in the beginning that's pretty funny yeah. well sean it's been great talk with you i'm glad we got to catch up and uh you know every every show i kind of learned a little something it's been great you know yeah, everybody I, brings I a little something it. that you know i appreciate you having me on and, and you know i i didn't get a chance to listen to those other shows but um you know i i saw the list of guys you had on there and and at some point during this off season when things slow down for me i'm going to make my way through each and every one of them um because like you said you could pick something up from nearly every conversation yeah and um Peter Gammons is on tomorrow. That's going to be a really cool one. That's awesome. And, and I told you, I was talking to Billy Wagner just before you called. Yeah. I'd love to have him on the show. He would have some really cool stuff to talk about too. But everybody I bring on the show brings something to this. So like together, you put them all together, you got some really great insights, you know? No doubt. No doubt. And I say it all the time about pitching, right? If you put us all in a room and said, you're not leaving here until we all you know, decide that we're all right and we're all wrong. You'll never uh, leave. <laughs> we'd never leave, but we'd all be better for it. Right. And, and we're, we all did, right I, and we're all wrong. Um, and, wow. and that's okay. Yeah. And I've noticed that uh, like this show has done well because everybody I invite on, we love, we love pitching and talking about these different things. And, and the things I'm talking about in this show usually aren't talked about much usually talk about how to throw harder and that's yep. it you know yep and, and the delivery and, and getting internal and um your tracker allows us to get external to a target and and you know to reap positive rewards for you know hitting my optimal location or you know hitting my insurance policy i i i love the command tracker for that Oh, thanks. I can't wait for you guys to get one. So, um, and you know, now we're using the nine pocket and, and trying to do the best we can, but we know you and I both know a, a nine pocket's not doing the same thing your tracker's doing. Yeah. It's, it's for a different purpose. Yeah. Bingo. And, but you know, we gamify it. We do the best we can with what we have, but you know, I know we'll be better for it when we, when we have the tracker for sure. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. And, uh, you know, I'll definitely talk to you later. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate All right, it. Take care. You have a good one. Don't forget to hit subscribe to get notified when new episodes are released. Pitching Command Show, brought to you by Command Tracker, the smart target that MLB and D1 teams rely upon to measure and train command. 
Many throw hard, but few command. Visit commandtracker.com.